0: Wait, what play were we supposed to read? Idiots delight.
1: <laughs> that is from heaven. Don't
2: you know each cloud contains?
1: <laughs> that is from heaven. Be sure that.
2: You're- Hi everyone, and welcome to Chosen by Committee, the podcast where myself, Josh Heron. Christopher Munden and John Rosenberg read every Pulitzer Prize-winning play since 1918, so you don't have to. Or perhaps you'll join us and read along with us. <sighs> that was uh, Ben Crosby's "Penny from Heaven," a song that I was waiting to try to find a a single melody of. But man, that really yeah. Works. Was
1: there a refrain in there, or no. that was it? I guess no.
2: Um. People in the 30s really settled for less. Uh, anyway, my name is Josh Perrin. <laughs> I am a, uh, a teacher, a reader, a beachgoer. Uh, and I am joined today by uh, the always delightful Christopher Munden. Hello, Josh. And the uh, always the lovely John Rosenberg. Good afternoon. And today we are going to be um, discussing *Idiots to Light*, written by Robert Sherwood. It's the first of three plays we'll be reading in the next few weeks by him, um, because he re- won three Pulitzers uh, in sort of rapid succession, which is interesting because he's not someone that we really like know about. Um, no. So it's it's sort of going to be, I think, interesting to see like this playwright who at the time was like must've been a pretty big deal and has sort of been lost to, um, to time.
1: Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing for me about doing this project is like, if you took a course in theater history, you would read like great playwrights, great movements, like stuff that wasn't necessarily the most popular thing at that time, but like is seen as somehow important. And we're getting a glimpse of theater history. That is like what people, are going to see in the theater on Broadway in at that time.
2: Right. Yeah. So *It Is delight is written in 1936 on the cusp of world war two, but a few years before really world war two breaks out, which is interesting because the place, the play really like, uh, sort of pre-imagines, uh, a situation in which world war two could break out. Um, in this play, it's, sort of imagined to be led by the Italian fascists. Chris, do you want to give a a, a summary of the play? I don't think it's like super complicated.
1: Um, I mean, it's apart from the fact that World War II breaks out early, it's, it's, it's a strange plot, right? They're in a Italian resort hotel, Italian Austrian Alps. And um, it's managed by an American who has been in like Berets or places like that managing hotels. But they have very few visitors because of the political situation. And then they get a busload of visitors who can't cross the border. And there are very cast of characters. We have a French socialist. We have a French arms dealer. We have a German... Doctor, we have an English honeymooning couple, and we have an American. Um, know, what would you call Harry? He's like. I
2: would say like he's like a. I, I sort of imagined him as like a vaudevillian, who like after vaudeville in the states has sort of dried up. He's like trying to take it to Europe before it, like that goes away too. But he's like so a man- ring
1: round six blonde dancers. On a tour of Europe.
2: Yeah, and it's also important the French arms dealer has a Russian uh, Irene, Irina, uh, his sort of Russian era more. And I think also important is that the hotel seems to be not super popular because of the political situation and the location, but in my mind, it's sort of also like not quite, it's like. Five star hotel that's like not quite like right.
1: Yeah, uh, he he calls out in his introduction, in his like description of the set, he calls out a line that he later mentions, right? Or that someone later mentions. Irina calls it like a what does she say? A, a
2: haunted, or it's horrifying, or
1: like a quiet horror, something like that. I don't know. I was trying to find like. Allegory, um, what is he seeing as about the political situation, about the the different characters? And I was struggling to do that. Did you have, did you read it, or were you trying to read it in that sense?
2: I don't know if, I, I think I sort of like music, I almost, I imagine it, like, I think this actually would be an amazing musical. Uh, but I I think of it as sort of a romantic comedy set in like, in the back, like set with the background of world war breaking out. And I can't tell if I'm giving it too much credit, but I think it's really smart in that it like shows how mundane and stupid, like wrote, like the traditional plot of like what that might be, like how insignificant, like, romance or like seduction or any of the sort of the like petty things that go on day to day when like massive destruction is about to happen because i think the play like the plot is sort of like flimsy and stupid but i don't think any flimsier or stupid than some of the other comedies we've read but i think that the dissonance between the plot and what's happening around them is fascinating
1: it's um, maybe the mainstream of the plot Ends up being that Harry, this uh, vaudevillian like impresario, I don't know, ends up knowing Irina from when she wasn't like a countess as she claims to be. She was like a touring Russian dancer who we had a one night stand with in Omaha in 1925. Yeah, and she some she has a League of Nations passport. She is unable in the end to cross the border into Austria. This is before the Anschluss cross the border into Austria, and Harry gets off the bus or off the train and comes back and sees her and they have like a romantic thing at the end, kind of, but then bombs explode and it ends in like um, I don't know, Dr. Strangelove style.
2: Yeah, I... It reminded me of, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Cabaret. Um, the movie is lovely, but the stage play I think is really effective. And one of the things that's really effective about it, especially the first time you see it is you're sort of like swept up in how great this musical is and the songs are so great. And the story is really interesting and like under the, under the current of it is the third right coming to power. That's like this, um, depending on the production that can be either like B plot or it can be really the main plot. Um, But sort of the gut punch of the show is that like, that while Germany was like descending into fascism, um, there was this like decadence that like allowed people to ignore it. Um, And I sort of think that that's where this play succeeds in that I can imagine even like seeing the destruction of war, um, having a lot of fun watching it. Uh, and I think the characters are sort of delightful. And then the ending, I think is a real, it could be as a real gut punch. So I, I really love this play. Um, I would love to see it staged.
0: What did you think, John? Um, I I think I, I was just more interested to hear what you two felt about it. Um, I, thought, I thought it was, uh... So, Christopher, you didn't
1: really care for it. I didn't hate it, but no, it didn't it didn't carry me away. I mean, I think it's a tricky one because we know how the war comes about, uh-huh. and and so it's hard to for me. It was a little hard to get into that counterfactual. It was also it felt very like. I mean, it's strange that it won a Pulitzer as a great, as like an American play and showing something about contemporary America. It did seem to me like an American view of Europe. None of the national Europeans felt. I didn't get a. I didn't get a feel for for them. And I didn't get a feel that like these are people who come from a different culture, necessarily. Like you do in, say, like, Catherine Mansfield's Notes from a German Pension or, like, um, and I think Hemingway's Farewell to Arms, which has, like, scene in maybe the Italian-Austrian Alps, too. Um, and no, I didn't feel like these were well-drawn British or French or German people or Italians. Um, and then I thought, like, just politically, it, you know, it's drawing parallels to uh, Guns of August, like the descent into World War One, And it's kind of like putting, you know, Italian-German fascism and, like, French and English militarism, perhaps, on, like, the same standing. And it's all just, like, these, we all military people, were just, like, bound to fall into war. I don't know. And considering like how World War Two did begin and how like much of a kind of a national myth it is in England and in the United States as kind of like a Star Wars good against evil it was, that like, rang strange to me. And then the plot was, was fine. Um, <laughs> it was fine. I didn't hate it. I, but yeah, I had problems.
0: Huh. I mean, I I really enjoyed the play. I I felt like uh, I thought like it was told really well. I thought the the setting was very very good. Um, I thought his use of exposition, how he dealt with exposition, was done really well. I also appreciated that 1936. He, as I'm sure a lot of people did, probably culturally as well, saw a war coming. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was very interesting, his imagination of what it could be. And I, I thought that was, I don't really remember ever reading something like that. Like, uh, I read you know, like.
1: Wells' um, War in the Air or something like that, which is like 1910 or 1905, something like that. But it's about the coming, it's about the war that's about to happen between England and Germany. Mm-hmm. And it's before World War One happens. Got it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed
0: this play. I thought like I thought the introduction of characters. I really loved that a lot of it was in Italian and I couldn't understand. I loved that the orchestra was there. It was st- stylistically, it was a very very good play. I felt like it's very interesting that what it reduced to at the end. I didn't fucking see that coming. Like for it to be like i know you girl girl where do i know you from and it you know like for these two people to meet i i hadn't josh i hadn't thought about that idea of that the uh, almost ridiculous nature of that relationship is the author's commentary on on love
1: that's kind of what i heard you say i was trying to read it as an allegory and i was and i it's I funny i not i think it's like a cartoon i think it's like it's a card, but I think
0: to me, I didn't feel like it was a meta play, like or an allegory. I mean, I think this was his view of uh, either Germans or Italians or Americans or whatever. And I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting interpretation. And like what he says about people, I feel like this is the first time we've really that I feel like we've really come across something that looks at the bleakness of either modern war or like of civilization. You know, I think there's been other plays that, you know, the topics are heavy, but this one really just like points a finger at like, at uh, the brutality of war and just almost just the idea of nationality being, you know, it, I feel like at at some point, some character says it really doesn't matter what you are like because the arms dealer when he's with the french he's french when he's with the germans he's german like um there's the one passage that let, let me just say it real quick yeah. the passage that irene arena has where she has the break with the arms dealer when she yeah.
1: describes the chat that's a good scene that's a good scene
0: that shit is fucking heavy and it was it was it was very very beautiful and like you know him about to die thinking oh well at least my wife and my son are safe no they got you know and for the character to be like no they were blown up and you know their entrails were mixed with others i thought yeah, but- like yeah to me the, the play wasn't I, I don't feel like his intention was to create people out of characterizations of nationalities but I thought it was interesting that the German scientist was so dedicated to science until Germany went to war, and it's like, no, I'm going to go be, you know, poisoned
1: song, yeah, disease, yeah.
0: Um, I thought that I thought that the author has a very very bleak view of like the course that humans are headed in, but at the same time, he has this belief in there's there's like a positivity to it that I thought was very interesting.
1: So remember your criticism of one of the political plays you read, where like um, the author was just condemning politics in general, and and it seemed like a very conservative way of looking at it. Oh, oh,
0: sorry, real quick. It's it's right. It was regarding the uh, both your houses,
1: both your houses, right?
0: I I like the author wasn't condemning all the politics. You know, it was. It had a very clear viewpoint of the idea of corruption or whatever. But please go ahead.
1: So this felt similar to me, and like maybe I don't know. You know, I've been brought up on um, living in England and moving to America. You, you, you know, you come from like Churchill to Saving Private riot, You know, and like, but to be like World War Two or this coming war is caused by like condemnation of universal bleak human nature when like it's set in fascist italy and it talks about like fascist germany and we are seeing and there's even mention of like uh of like treatment of jews by germany like i don't know go fuck yourself like
0: i mean i think that's wait, wait, wait but but i think it's very important to point out that like the italians start the war the italians go and bomb paris the the Frenchman speaks out being like, you all are barbarians for doing this, and they take him out and shoot him. So I mean, I
1: feel like we don't know if France did something first. No, no. Like (laughs)
0: it's but but I understand what you're saying, but like I think I think it was very fucking cool that like before the war happened, it was like to me it was it didn't feel like the author is being like, everyone, everyone's bad. I don't think it was saying that. I don't feel like it helped fascists
1: that he gave a pass to the fascists at all. He didn't give a pass to the fascists. No, he absolutely I, didn't.
2: I don't think he gave. A, I don't even think he. And I think he didn't equate, for example, like socialism with fascism.
1: No, he didn't. I don't think. Um, he, I don't I'm think not he, sure if he didn't. I'm not sure if he didn't equate like socialism with arms stealing. I don't. No, he did. not I think.
2: No, I, I think quickly is the most sympathetic character in the play.
0: Absolutely.
1: So yeah, that's perhaps true, but like the universality, he would have gone for socialism instead of militarism.
0: It's it's interesting you say that, Josh, because I felt like the two most sympathetic characters are the guy that cleans the ashtrays in the Dump- in the
1: hotel. I like that you know was that Bugsy or something like that?
0: Humbly. Dumpsy. Yeah.
1: Dumpsy. That's a great character name too
0: it was it was him and the french dude and like i mean the british like they were on their honeymoon like they're the, what what could they do you know what i mean like um i yeah i i i respect how you feel about it, christopher but i had a very very different experience with it i i thought it was fascinating and like i mean it's, it's definitely
1: the, fascinating as a but it's also piece. i mean for me oh go ahead josh
2: well also the play couldn't i mean i think to Chris's point around like causality or or sort of the, like I think what's so interesting is that it was written in 36, right? Yeah. This couldn't yeah. have been written in 41, 42 like, or even 39. Oh,
1: anytime. yeah, no. Yeah,
2: like it's it's really like, uh, I mean, I think that's why I'm like dying to see a production because I think that like a director that's smart, like a really smart director could like play with that in some really interesting ways.
0: It's weird. It reminded me of whatchamacallit, the dude that makes the movies that are precious. Richard Linklater. No, no, different type of precious. What's his name? The, the Inglorious the Bastards? No, 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 the Grand, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, little sort of. This reminded me of like, like an or Is antecedent before or after? I Press or er, priesthood. <laughs> But like this to me is the source material for like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Like I like that. But I, I felt like just it being in a hotel, this big expansive window where you could see all the different countries, the people that come in. Like, um, I I thought it was I thought it was written really well, and I thought that it got so strange with the orchestra, and it came back later to play. And then the women dancing, like, it was a strange fucking spectacle.
1: There were some strange scenes in it. Yeah. Did, like, that, like, second act where it's like, can we do a performance
0: tonight? Right. And, and, like, as they're doing the performance, the Italian bombers are taking off to go bomb Paris. It know? would be such a good musical.
2: This would be such a fucking fight. Yes. Yes. I feel well, sure.
1: like you say that whenever we read a bad play. <laughs> can, I, can I ask,
0: Josh? I haven't said it
1: once.
0: <laughs> you said ask- that for
1: <laughs> multiple plays.
0: No. Let me ask this, Josh. Hold and- on. Before you two fight about this, like, what about it would make an interesting musical for you? I think it's about that, like, just
2: juxtaposition. I think musical theater can, like, take a sort of thin plot and, like, enhance it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like, there's something about And I think it can like also help like hint at some darker themes simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that you could have a lots of stuff with sort of the different couples that could have, like I think just the way it's like plotted that you could have, like the cherries could have a really fun song. The blondes have like a couple numbers. Um, Like I think uh, Irina and like Harry could have a couple really great songs. And I think you could also play along with like, the lightness of the music of like what's inside the hotel with maybe mm-hmm. like darker musical themes about what's happening outside the hotel.
1: Mm. Um, there is a lot of music in the play. There is.
0: I would, as I, I think it just, it feels like it's plotted like a musical too. Well, it's interesting is why do you, I, I don't know if either of you are interested in this question, but why did it have to be that Harry knew Irena from years ago or Irene from years ago? I don't know. Like, don't I got, that thought. I didn't really. I I thought it was fascinating the idea of like a white Russian who like, you know, it was interesting that she told she changed her story a number of yeah. times in her origin. I thought that was fascinating, but she almost got reduced to a chick that he fucked in a hotel, that like she remembers the room number. I mean, I think it's like he's
2: not. I think that it's smart to keep the play over a tight period of days or one day. And I think there's no other way to get her, like she's so sophisticated, I mean, it's the same thing as like, I don't see Irina falling in love with Harry in one night.
0: Certainly, but if she loses her transit across the border and then sees him as an opportunity or like he sees her you know what I mean? Like, Maybe
2: why would he be into her? I think it's more actually for that. Like, I think it's more like,
1: like, why would? Yeah, he...
0: I mean, I, I I thought the, I thought the, I loved the play, but like, there was a little tenuous for me that they banged in Omaha.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's like stupid. I think it's like, I think there's some. Uh,
1: that was one of my favorite parts. I'd have. <laughs> I don't know. Just like it was, I didn't expect it. I don't know what, it, I think because it's peculiar and, I mean, maybe he was just struggling of what the hell do I do with this? Well, I, it, so I thought about this a little bit and I, I saw it
0: as the collision of like the two stories. I wonder if something like this happened to him. Because mm. like, yeah, that makes you know, sense. I, I you know, I saw that he served in World War One and like, uh, yeah, and he was like a man. It seems like he was a man who lived a number of places. Yeah, did but he live in me, Europe? I think he did. But to me, there was something very personal about, like, I think he created a characterization of a woman, perhaps, that he knew. But, like, yeah, I don't know. There was something about it that, like, seemed very personal, but kind of slapped on. But I mean yeah. I thought it was beautiful that they like died together at the
1: end. But I was just like really? is that how it are supposed to read it? Bombs together? Yeah together with all the man. bombs
0: going off? Yeah, they die.
1: The French kill them. Well.
0: Wow. I think they live.
1: I love it. I guess you would you
2: One of the, the moments I really loved is actually near the end with, with Dumpsey, when they talk about he has that moment of talking about um Becoming a soldier because the fact yeah. will feed his family.
0: Yeah,
2: he like I think it's one of those like where he does drop some of those like really horrific details. Um, yeah,
0: I and the, and I felt I felt like the the captain was an interesting character. You know, <laughs> of like very gracious and at the same time, he's got to murder the French dude. Um, I, I felt like the atmosphere of the play, if it's done
1: right, must be fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. How would you see it done right? What would what would be some attributes of that? I just feel like it's big.
0: You know, it's like it's like a big, big space, and it's either you have a big glass uh, window that shows a reflection of the outside lightly on it. You know what I mean? But there, you know, there's people moving in and out a lot. Um, I just love how much of it is in another language
1: and it kind of puts you in there. Yeah, I, yeah. Languages, yeah, there's some French, there's a lot of Italian. Yeah, it's. I, I felt like it's the most cinematic. Uh, cinematic, cinematic, yeah, cinematic, yeah, it's cinematic. Was it made into a movie? Must have been.
0: Yes, with uh, Clark
2: Gable and Norbert, Norma Shearer in oh, nice. 1939. Wow, the Wind released um, And it features The only time we ever see Clark Gable sing and dance in a movie huh. Oh because he plays Harry Yeah he sings and dances to "Putting on the Ritz
1: Nice That's funny.
0: I gotta say real quick What I had never seen before in a play Or I had never caught before is near the beginning With the Don character mm-hmm. When he's arguing with the, with The Italian manager one of them gets angry and in that moment of anger he slips in exposition and I've never fucking thought about that before. Oh, is it you like it's like I
1: what happens?
0: He basically it's like stating like either time, place or whatever, but it's in a moment of frustration and anger that the, that the information comes out. So it's it's like hidden behind emotion. Nice. and i had never fucking seen that before and that's beautiful
1: yeah that's well done i mean he's yeah. a, he was a craftsman for sure yeah on, on page 11
0: right. on page 11 at the bottom um where it's uh pita Luka says and you stop being so insolent animal fatente i pay you your money when i'm plunging myself into bankruptcy just to me the author was able to just it makes sense that in a moment of you just being so emotional, you'll just, like, state something. Right. right. I just, I just had never fucking thought of that uh, as a playwright. and It was fucking great. Mm. Yeah, I took a ton of notes on this play, actually.
1: Mm. What else?
0: That it was unfair to the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> More blondes. <laughs> No, I don't. That's not me, friend. Six blondes, fine. Twelve blondes, great. Right, the part about cocaine I thought was fascinating, too.
1: What was that again?
0: It was on 25 when he's just talking about um, the effects of, like, going too far with cocaine and just, like, mm-hmm. delusions of grandeur. Like, this dude, to me, no. to me, it was oh, like yeah. a- this person really has lived a life and has some type of grasp on the human condition and the either ridiculousness of it or whatever you want to call it. Like, so
1: like those cocaine delusions of grandeur as a metaphor for like, um, like the European powers. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also the offhand line of, the, he asks if the guy has ever done cocaine and he's like, only at the dentist (laughs) what well i'm sure they use it as like a as a pain
0: or or maybe the doctor was like do you want to smoke some cocaine with me
1: i was thinking a numbing agent but maybe that makes sense smoking it is the numbing agent Ah. depends what you're trying to numb
2: so who would you guys like to play in this
0: Wait, are you still talking about
1: cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> I I was thinking, um like either the there's two characters, the guy who cleans the ashtray and there's the other, is it Don? The yeah. the guy who just like runs the hotel? No, I think that would be like a nice um you're there, but you're, you're almost like an observer to the action, but you're part of the action. I'd like that. So I
0: just, I just want to jump in. I think something interesting though is like his characterization of Americans. It was not just one character because the Don guy is just a total piece of shit in a different way than Harry is. Um, yeah, I realize I'm defending this play a lot, but go ahead.
2: So, Chris, for your audition for that role, can I hear your American accent?
1: No, I would play it as an English guy or yeah, as, as someone who is a babe accent that's non- can, can I hear
2: you in an American accent say, I love skiing.
1: I love skiing.
2: That's not an American accent.
0: You know that Chris is an excellent skier, right? I didn't know. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, he does like the diamonds. Who would you uh, play, Josh?
2: Oh, Irina. You, no.
1: One of the blonde girls.
2: I would love to be one of the blonde girls. I, I mean, politically, I'm Quigley. Mm. Uh, Harry Not, is a feeling.
1: But I, think John is, I think
0: John is, John is Harry. No, I see. I, I was fascinated as I am about most German things because I love that the. The scientist was so just about like belief in science and you know, believing in the scientific method. But as soon as the country went to war, he was just like, I'm a fucking Nazi and I need to go support my country. Like I thought there's something very beautiful of that, the capturing of that, like uh, the contradiction in people Mm -hmm. that there was in the, in the German dude. And scary. Yes, scary is a big piece of it too. But I also love that he was so—he was talking about science, and he didn't realize that his experiments <laughs> had to do with rats. <laughs> like, yeah. And
2: I—I I think this is a play. It's—it's it's also interesting to see as we go along, the plays that I think a director would make a huge difference, and plays that are sort of just like, like. I think it was in the last week where, like, a director can't like. Maybe two. It was like this is like this is what it is, and a director is not going to like make it or break it. Um, this one, I feel like this play, in bad hands, would be like dreadful. Oh, and I terrible! Feel like in, I feel like it could really transcend itself.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah.
2: Um, and there's so many amazing. I think. Like you if you fill this out with like some really amazing actors, like almost every character has a moment that could really break your heart.
1: Yeah. And so many characters, another one of those plays with just like twenty characters, right? Did yeah. either of you check to see if there's been revivals of this or
2: there hasn't I mean there's been some like not not like major, major ones. Um I sort of think it'd be great to, to get a revival of it. Um, I think my guess is that just, like, the historiography of it is sort of, like, goofy. Um, Because it's, like, pre-World War II, but, like, presupposes, like, an alternative history of World War II.
0: I don't see how it was that much different in a way, you know what I mean? Other than, like, the Soviets attacking Japan because, like, they didn't fuck with them.
1: Yeah, I think maybe, like, a lot of people don't know the history of World War II well enough to question that, I'd be like, is that how it happened?
2: There was a revival in
1: 1951. It's
2: not Oh! Okay, wait. Um, There was also a revival in the 80s. (laughs) Um, And the uh, headline from the Washington Post was Idiot's Delight Isn't Anymore.
0: Oh, dear.
2: Yeah, I don't know about the revivals. I do know that uh, the next play, by sure sure we read uh, Abe Lincoln, in Illinois, was revived in the 90s with a cast of 50. Wow.
1: That's not next week, right?
2: No, it's in three weeks.
1: What's next week?
2: I'm glad you asked. Oh, we should like, take a check on our predictions. Um, I was right, because I said the 80th flight would be war
1: okay but i thought we knew that
2: yeah but yeah fine and you i said, said it
1: would be pro-german which i think i'm right
2: <laughs> you remember what you said john
1: no i can't remember
0: what happened two minutes ago
2: um so i would say that this play that we're about to read next is the fir- our first like classic It's a classic comedy called You Can't Take It With You, which I've never read or seen, but I've heard a lot. I mean, I've like, I just know about it. It got revived on Broadway a few years ago. It gets done in like high schools a lot, it gets done in theaters a lot. Um, Who's it by? Kaufman and Hart. Oh. So um, Roger Hart, who did lots of collaborations with. Richard Rogers and other folks.
1: Yeah, I I
0: feel like I could see it on a marquee in my mind, but I know I've never seen it.
2: And Coffin wrote the book to, um, yeah, he wrote the book to, of the Mm -hmm.
1: ISA.
2: And I think it's sort of like a quirky family comedy.
1: Do you have a synopsis? I can offer one. Well, I'm always we supposed to guess. I mean, we can just guess you should. We're we just guessing based on title and quirky family comedy.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, and the title
2: is you can't take it with you.
1: Um, so that's money. It's, uh, I think it's about a playwright in Philadelphia whose
0: wife's father fires her. And then they have to move to Los Angeles and then they have to figure out what they could keep in their house and what has to go.
2: Mm. I think it's about <laughs> I think the family is um they're a family of professional like uh of waste management specialists. <laughs> and they like and they're employed by people who like, who are trying to like, get rid of stuff by hoarders. <laughs> and they... All right. Well, we will read more about. You can take it with you. Talk more about it next week.
0: Uh, say good night. Good night. Pray them for a packing...